Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. Hello, MS Gym family. So glad you could join us for our podcast um, today. Um, we're bringing you our podcast from overseas, um, all the way in uh, Scotland. And I'm so grateful for Michael to be with us today. So thanks again, Michael, for joining us. Thank you, Jody. So I'm glad to be here. That's awesome. And, and what kind of area in Scotland are you joining us from? I live in Glasgow in Scotland, which is the west of Scotland. Um, and I've, I've just lived here all my, all my, my days, shall we say. I'm born and bred. So, Michael, I want to... Um learn a bit about um obviously you're diagnosed with ms i'd like to learn a little bit more about how that came to be um if, if we take it back to the beginning um i am now i'm now 60 years old now and i was diagnosed with ms probably in my my late 20s about 27 28 um so that was in, in the late 1980s. Mm. In those days, I basically started off with symptoms of optic neuritis mm -hmm. and sort of tingling in my hands and legs a little bit. And I went to saw my, see my doctor and we sent, get sent for some MRI scans and one thing led to another and got diagnosed with MS. But in those days, it was literally, you got given a pamphlet with a few things about it and told, go and go on with your life. And that's what I did. So obviously you, you said in the 80s, obviously that was kind of MS, what obviously it it's what people knew about MS, but it was kind of the beginning kind of things, right? There wasn't many uh, disease modifiers modifying therapies or drugs out there and so I think your story is very much like most people diagnosed in you know around the 80s that yeah. there wasn't really much that could be done for you mm -hmm. at that point um now how common like I I'm I'm picturing this in the 80s like MS is not front and center like it is now and throughout the world um but in in Scotland too like was that even something on the radar like was did it take a while for you to get diagnosed or yes yes it probably took about around 18 months between first the first symptoms and actually getting diagnosed with ms um and it's not something that i had heard of at that stage and it was just a case of literally well, there's nothing we can do for you right now. So come and see us if you need to talk to us, basically. All right. So, and then, so at that stage, I was I was newly married and we were just setting off in our, in our lives. And I feel I've been, I've been relatively lucky with AMS because over the next probably 20 or 30 years, I had very mild symptoms, and then when I turned around 50, it really started to, to go downhill from there. Mm. Um, and over that period, 
I, you know, did the usual things. All we were married. I've got two lovely daughters, um, and just go on with life and visited. Oh well, we travelled around around the world quite a bit. Came to lovely Toronto and Canada, and you know, travelled all over America and Europe. So we'd had a good life. Um, but as I say, once once I turned fifty, at that point it started to become very evident that I was going downhill pretty fast. Um, so you talked about you know married children. What kind of work uh, did you used to do, or maybe you still do that? Um, initially, I I was I worked in uh, the trades. I worked in the railway mm-hmm. in the coach building side of it. So I was doing all the mechanical stuff. Um, and then I moved into to sales and worked in sales for a while and then moved into software sales and again did that for an Australian company, uh, well several companies, but I worked for Kodak for a while okay. and then I moved in and worked for sort of software IT, IT type companies. So you mentioned, you know, for for a good a good 20 years of your diagnosis or a little bit more. Uh, your MS was fairly uh, stable and you were able to manage, but what did that look like? You said it when you were 50, that things kind of shifted for you a bit. What did that actually look like? It really started with the fatigue come on quite, quite a lot. Um, And I then moved on from a full-time role to actually being self-employed. So I became an IT consultant and I, that allowed me at that stage to had enough experience in the marketplace and I was well known in the marketplace. So that allowed me to be able to control my diary. So I could determine when I went to appointments or had meetings and I could control that from that perspective. It then started to affect my mobility quite a bit. And as I say, I used to go to the States um, quite a lot, particularly down to Florida uh, with the, the children and things. And the heat seemed to really hit me, impact me quite a lot. So I had to stop going abroad for holidays and things at that stage as well, really. And, and, that, and then went downhill rapidly over the next sort of four or five years. Mm. And I moved quite quickly from a walking stick to a crutch, then onto a four-wheel stroller and a wheelchair effectively. I imagine, you know, as any of us with, with MS and when it starts affecting our mobility or our, our kind of our our life changes drastically and also, you know, our our mental our mental well-being, right? It, it's greatly affected when our mobility is compromised. So I'm sure you know, you said it happened over four or five years, but I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was a lot um, for you to handle. But how did, you know, how did things go in your family? How did your family deal? Obviously, you said you were recently married when you were diagnosed. And, you know, you had two lovely daughters and, and um, you know, they've obviously seen you over the last, you know, 20 plus years. How has, how has that happened? How has your family traveled with you through this? Well, I, I think you're right, Jody, because when we are diagnosed with MS, that's something that we have to deal with. But it, 
also impacts on the rest of the family and your, your friends and colleagues. Um, but on the family side specifically, it really took a big strain on the marriage in particular. And my two daughters were in their early 20s at that stage, and they were both at university. Mm. So they were kind of growing up young adults. So at that stage, the strain on the marriage became too much for both of us. So we separated at that stage and decided I'd go off and do, I moved out of the house and I set up on my own and just took control of my life from that point of view because at that stage I felt, okay, my daughters are kind of young adults. They can set their own path in life and start to go on from there with support from their, their mum and dad. And I thought I had to take control of my life at that stage and try and adapt myself to the realities of the MS. Mm. And the realities were at that point, climbing stairs was very difficult. And I was in a house previously that was up and down stairs and that just became logistically a, a very challenging thing to do. Um, and really the relationship with my um, ex-wife it just became too much, too much of a strain for both of us. And we decided to, to go separate ways, hmm. which is was, tough, very tough. For sure. And was that like you, you, you speak about it, like you've gone through the process and you've worked through it, but I imagine at the time um, it probably maybe flared your symptoms or may, you know, like they always say that any kind of stress with MS just makes things worse and whether that stress is from living in an uncomfortable situation or just going through like a drastic life change but there's a lot there's a lot lot to kind of process through that that kind of that time scale and as i said it allowed me then to take control of my life and say right how am i going to sort this out to to get my life rebuilt again because you do have to rebuild and once the physical aspects of the ms affects your your career and your marriage and just how you get how you get on with life is a lot to try and juggle with at that point um but i've got through that now and now there's all sorts of things over this the last five years or so where I've moved out of the house. I've now, got, I've now got a nice new flat that's custom built for me. I've, I've learned to drive again with hand controls in the car, which is an experience. Um, and I've also been to, to get HSCT mm. treatment for my MS, which has been fantastic for me. And I found the MS gym, which is fantastic as well. So I'm in a lot better position now than I was five years ago. Mm. And that's, that's positive. I'm looking forward to life now rather than waking up and dreading that day as to what your symptoms are going to be like or can I manage to get down the stairs to get out or not? Just different life challenges. Mm -hmm. it you know like I know this is a this is a podcast but I can see you on zoom 
and you your whole demeanor change you have a smile on your face like you speak with such conviction in your words about how you've moved on and how you've reinvented yourself right like you you've already made it it's not just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel but you've actually made it to the other side of the tunnel through through many of the choices uh that you've been led to and that you've made yourself um and like i i know this can be a sensitive topic a little bit i know that you know marriage is hard divorce is hard you know for the general population not not even you know add the layer of illness and ms um but I think your message will really resonate with a lot of people. I know there's a lot of family members in the MS gym that have gone through uh, relationship breakdown or uh, marriage breakdown. And just to hear, you know, your journey, I'm sure at the time it was difficult and it was kind of prolonged, but how you kind of found your new normal and how you reinvented your situation and that you didn't lose hope or or give up but it almost uh, kind of lit a fire under you to to start something new to take charge of your life and you know your own healing with ms so you you said so many good things there and you talked about um you know you went to get hsct and how long ago was that now that was only 10 months well i don't like to do things easily jody so I decided when I was going to do it, to do it in the middle of a pandemic and with all the COVID things to deal with as well. So the journey over there was a bit of a challenge, but, I, but we got there. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent a month in Moscow in November, so it was rather cold. Mm. Um, but the treatment was fantastic. And that Again, I think I had a, a reasonably good experience because I didn't really feel sick through all, through all the chemotherapy and all the various steroids that you get along the, the way. It was a, a fantastic experience. And I think for me, the thought was that before I went or decided to go and get HSCT, I was recepting going into a nursery home, a nurse home, nursing home rather, mm -hmm. or a care home, and because my mobility was going downhill so fast that that's what I was looking at. And I thought, well, I need to make the decision of give myself the best chance I can get to have the best life I can have. And almost a year later now, I'm just feeling better than I have in the last 10 years. Yeah, and again, with the, the combination of the treatment and the MS gym, then that has just been a revelation for me. That's so I feel lucky from that perspective. How, how did you go about finding the MS gym? It was through a friend of mine that had been to, to Russia for the HSCT. So she'd been it and she said, you know, have a look at this. Now, a lot of people that I talk to now, I do, everyone I know with MS, I say, have a look at the MS gym. Mm -hmm. Because regardless whether you've had HSAT or not, the MS gym will help you. Or give it a try and see. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But 
just give it a try and see what you think. The thing I like about it was the way Trevor educates you as you go along. Mm. And it, it tells you why you're doing things. I love all the neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew about that beforehand, but the way Trevor's skills come across with his knowledge and expertise in both the neuroplasticity and the, the actual exercises that go along with it, it's, it just makes sense. And then every day, I click in the play, I press that button, and I see the, see Trevor every morning, and we do our thing. Not only just with the the exercises that he gives us, but with with the MOC, you know, and just being able to talk to other people and ask questions if you're not sure about something, or you're you you can watch Trevor doing it in the video, but Trevor's able-bodied and can do all exercises we you know everyone's different and everyone can't do the exercises the way Trevor does them so if your left hand doesn't move quite well then Trevor can talk you through or someone else can talk you through right well if you can't move it up fully just move it up a little bit or yeah. if you can't move that at all think the process through in your head as if you're doing it and, and just envisage it in your your head as if you're doing that. And, and I've just found remarkable improvement. That's great. And you mentioned the MOC. What the, the MOC is actually, uh, it's the members only corner. It's on Facebook. And it's part of when people sign up for the the MS Gym membership, they, they are granted access to this group. And so many people have talked about the benefits, just the support you know, from an emotional standpoint, but also just the knowledge of talking with thousands of other MSers uh, who are trying to figure out, like you said, how to do these modifications or how to do exercise or, you know, live life or what kind of assistive yes. device they can yes. buy. Like it's, it's so extensive and the community is always, is always there because it's international. So there's always someone uh, to talk to. And so many members have said, you know, that alone is worth the price of membership, just having that community of people that understand, you know, what it is to live with MS, you know, every second of the day. So you mentioned um, some of your improvements. Would you like to share with us some of the things that you've seen that have changed? Uh, for me, I think initially it gives you a confidence mm. to maybe push yourself a little bit further than you had been doing. Within probably around four, four, five, 46 weeks, I would say, I was, I was standing unaided without my stroller or a walker or a stick. And I could actually take four or five steps without touching or holding on to anything which for me was just, I couldn't believe this. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of worked on that um, over the, the last five or six months. So um, the long-term goal is to obviously try and walk unaided when you go out the house. I'm not there yet, and it will take me a long time to get there. 
but I just feel a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. And Trevor has his own concepts of his BGB, mm -hmm. his butts, guts, and blades. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're conscious as you're, as you're doing or trying different exercises where your body is. And I videoed myself initially when I did the initial four or five steps. And I was very conscious that I was bent over and I was crouched over. Mm. And my posture was terrible. But again, going back to the, the gym, MS gym at that stage, uh, that taught me how to straighten myself up and trust your body mm -hmm. and get your brain working in the right way. And it's, it's been fantastic. I think it's also helped and it gives a point to your day. Mm. So you know that every day you've got a video to do and you, you turn on and you do that and the number of times where I thought I just I don't feel well enough or just feel a bit off today so I'll not do it today but then when you uh, change your mind I'll, I'll, I'll do it you always feel better after you've done it and to have that kind of point in your day to say, right, that's the time I do at the gym, just do it. And that's great. And I, I think just having that discipline of doing it really helps. That's great. And that's great advice because I know that we all go through, you know, times where we where we just don't want to do it and we don't want to do exercise or we wake up in the morning and we think, oh, today I'm going to take today off because I don't want to, to do it. But <laughs> it's so true when, when, you know, your story so much like other ones we read in the members only corner, people tell themselves, okay, I'll do two minutes and, and then I'll call it quits for the day. But most people, when, once they start moving their body, it feels good and the endorphins get going and you feel good moving and, and, you know, two minutes suddenly turns into 20 or 30 minutes and, you know, and then you feel proud and you feel accomplished because you know that uh, you put yourself first and you've, and you've put your healing, you know, as a priority for your day. And it is. It is for me. And this is what I try and get across to anyone that I, I do mention the gym too. It's it's getting the brain connected back to your body again because we get into bad habits with MS, and it's. It's very easy to have someone else do something for you if they're available, rather than you do it yourself. Mm. And I, the term that I use, uh, Jody, is use it or lose it. Mm. And this is what I'm worried about now that I'm in a flat or, or a condo, as you guys would call it, that I, I don't think I've actually gone up a set of stairs in six months. Hmm. So I'm now, I'm now looking for stairs that I can go and practice on somewhere. Because if you don't use a, stair, a stairs, you'll, you'll lose the ability to climb stairs. Mm -hmm. no. And I think that's the point of any exercise. And, and I think it's important to say too, we all have to come to a certain place. Like, like you said, you were initially you were glad to have a flat that didn't have stairs because the stress of of that and worrying about, you know, potentially falling or, or just moving, but 
as, as you've gained confidence in your abilities and you've gained confidence in your body, you're suddenly looking around you being more aware of, of the things that you want to hold on to. And I totally agree when you say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, but I think it, I think it's been a process for you to realize about the stairs, you know, where stairs were as a threat. Now you see them as a tool to help you increase your mobility. When I went back to the reconnect and started, started reconnect now, um, when Trevor said, or was talking you through it and doing the supine exercises, my immediate thought was, well, I haven't leaned flat for five years. Mm. You know, I, I can't do that. And now, I don't even give it a second thought. I just, all right, we're lying down today and get the pillows off the bed, flat on the bed, not a problem. And, and that's great that, you know, over the years you've learned what, it's, what it is to be flexible and not necessarily physically flexible, but mentally flexible. Like you said, uh, like initially you thought, how could I, you know, do exercise laying flat on your back? But over time, you've learned to trust yourself and your body. And like you said, now it's, now it's not a big deal for you. Um, but that's, uh, it's kind of mental, mental gymnastics. If you would say that you, you're kind of in control of your mind and what uh, raises your, your own threat in your mind. Now laying flat doesn't raise your threat or scare your body anymore. So would you have any kind of parting words other to someone who is, you know, newly diagnosed or, you know, have had a shift in their, you know, mobility or just kind of frustrated, you know, with life or, you know, relationships and things like that. What, what would kind of Michael's words of wisdom be to someone else struggling with MS? Oh, how much time have you got, Jody? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult because you can only give advice on your experiences or my personal experiences. And I understand that a lot of people, when they're getting diagnosed with something like this, they kind of give up quite quickly. And it's trying to get a motivation to fight, you know, fight, fight for what, what you want and do the best that you can that day. There are days when I am really flat. So you just... Today's a kind of write-off day. Mm. I'm not going to do much today. And we all get them. For me, it's a case of having challenges, I think, small challenges. It doesn't have to be I'm going to go and climb a mountain or mm. jump out of an aeroplane. It can be simply of I'm going to try and go to the shops today or take a walk and go for a cup of coffee somewhere. That, that's a challenge sometimes. So just give yourself little achievable targets. And once you achieve that target, it drives you on to try something else. And gradually before you know it, instead of doing five steps as I was initially, I'm probably now doing 20 or 30. You know, I love how much, you know, in, in 10 months since you've been back and even less time than that in the MS gym that you've, you've, you've gained that confidence in, 
mentally but also physically in your body and how you're already seeing yes. so many improvements yes. so I, think that's well, I, th- I think we also have to be real real uh, realistic in our achievements mm-hmm. and realistic in what we can do um and not necessarily measure ourselves against someone else mm, but measure yourself against yourself you know yesterday i couldn't do this today i can do that mm-hmm. And tomorrow I'd like to do this, but it might take two or three days or a week or two weeks to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But just give yourself a little goal and just be, be focused and work away and see, see if you can manage that. That's great. If you can't, you've not lost anything. Mm. But you've given yourself the confidence that you can try and be positive. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to say, but try and be as positive as you can and do the best with what you've got. No, that's fantastic. And and I go back again to the our Facebook group, the members only corner. Those days when you don't feel like you can be positive or confident or yes. any of those things, like the community is so supportive um, to come alongside you know, each person that posts that they're struggling or just having a hard time, you know, kind of getting out of that pit of despair or sadness. Like it's just, yeah. it's wonderful having a community because sometimes we can't muster everything up in ourselves, but we have like a, a whole international family around us to help us in those times. So Michael, thank you so much for joining me today and taking time out of, it's my morning, but it's your afternoon. So thank you for yes. uh, spending some time with me. And, and I've loved learning more about uh, your own journey. And I look forward to seeing some posts. I'd love to uh, see some posts in the, in the MOC, in the members only corner of your progression of your five steps into your 30 steps into, you know, maybe you'll do a video in a few months of you practicing the stairs or something fantastic like that. So oh, no, wouldn't that be a challenge, Jody? You've just put the challenge down to me now. That's fantastic. <laughs> All Thank right. you, Jody. It's been a pleasure talking to you and oh. uh, you have a good day now. You as well. Thanks, Michael. Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS Gym? You can check us out at the msgym.com.